Before we get started, I want to quickly tell you about my brand new quiz, What Season Are You? It's a quiz that is kind of like the Enneagram, and it kind of involves a little bit of minimalism and Huga, and it's a great way to find out what your strengths and weaknesses are, and then how to use those strengths and weaknesses to thrive all year long, which takes me to the best part. Once you finish the quiz and you get your results, it'll tell you by percentages, which seasons fit your personality best, and then you'll be able to download a free year-long thrive guide that will share with you how to use those strengths and weaknesses all year long, no matter the season. So even if you're not a huge fan of winter or summer feels too hot for you, you'll be able to utilize all of the things that are your best traits and have fun all year long, no matter how you feel about the season. So to download that guide and take the quiz, first of all, you can head to ashtoncope.com slash season quiz. And then I want you to head to Instagram and let me know what season you got because everyone that I have talked to so far that took it said, I don't know that I love this answer because I hate this season, but the results are super, super accurate. (laughs) So even if you may not love winter, you might have a winter personality. So head to ashtoncope.com slash season quiz to take it and then let me know what you get. I can't wait to find out. Hello, friend. I'm Ashton Cope. I absolutely love food, eating, cooking, and most of all, talking about it. I've also always been so drawn and fascinated by the changing of the seasons and how it can affect our lives. A couple of years ago, I decided to start approaching our meals and routines from a seasonal perspective, and through plenty of trial and error, my family's life has changed for the better, and we're never looking back. My mission is to help you tune into the seasons in your own way, embrace the change, and love yourself a little more through the process. This is the Eat Your Seasons podcast. Okay, so you know that phrase, eat your feelings? Maybe you've said it, or maybe somebody close to you has said it. I, for one, say it all the time, and I don't mean it in a negative way at all. For me, food is a comfort, and in healing my relationship with food, that's something that I've worked really hard on being proud of. And the key with food being a comfort is to make sure that I'm checking in with my body before I indulge in that comfort. So I'll ask things like, Am I hungry or am I sad? Am I in a place to be able to eat just enough and not binge? Will I spiral over this indulgence later, mentally? Or can I be content with this snack? Is there a choice that sounds good and gives me some sort of nourishment or energy? Now, there will always be times where only one or maybe even none of those questions can be answered. And that's okay too. They don't always have to have like an exact purpose or an accomplishment when you fuel your body with, you know, treats or, you know, energy giving things. Setting hard and fast rules around eating and food is always going to be a recipe for a toxic relationship. So why do I bring up that figure of speech, eating your feelings? Well, my friend, it is because that's exactly what we're going to talk about today and not in the way that you might think. There are a plethora of foods and snacks that we can intentionally mix into our existing diets that can help boost our moods and fuel positive activities and feelings to keep us a little perkier as we trudge through the thick of winter. 
Because while the days may technically be getting longer by the hour, it sure doesn't feel like it still. So I'm going to break this episode into two parts. We're going to talk about seasonal foods and then we're going to talk about mood foods. Both offer huge benefits to our overall well-being and our mood, but they're great for different reasons and they can be snacked on or added into meals in different ways and with varying benefits. So first, let's talk about the topic nearest and dearest to my heart, seasonal foods. What makes them so great and why should we keep them on our radar, especially in the winter? Well, you've heard me say it before and you're going to hear me say it a million more times. Seasonal eating is the lifestyle of basing your diet around the foods that are at their nutritional and flavor peak during the varying times of the year. And the reason that we want to prioritize foods that are at their peak in flavor and nutrition throughout the year is that a healthy body will support a healthy mind. Not to mention, foods available in each season provide specific support to different parts of your body that tend to struggle or weaken due to the climate and the allergens in that season. So here are some examples. In spring, Just like we clean and refresh our homes after a long winter, getting rid of any of the germs and the dust that collected in the cold months on the inside, our liver is actually responsible for cleansing and filtering our blood and distributing those nutrients to the rest of our bodies. So a lot of the produce available in the spring supports the liver. Eating cleansing foods helps prepare our bodies for summer and the more active lifestyle that we tend to develop in the hotter months. Cleansing foods are foods like spinach, romaine lettuce, carrots, bell peppers, broccoli, and other dark leafy greens. Now, warming weather also increases insulin absorption, which lowers blood sugar and can cause fatigue and hunger. And this is important for people who even are not diabetic. We all have blood sugar, and hopefully while it stays at a healthy rate, all of us can get low blood sugar, especially if we are hungry or, you know, We tend to not eat things that support our blood sugar. So to support these symptoms and give your spring self as much energy as possible, make sure you're eating healthy fats and carbs like avocados, bananas, and beans or legumes. And you guessed it. All of the ingredients that I just listed are available in the springtime. Now in the summer, when the weather's hot, our hearts have to work harder to keep our body temperature down and within a normal healthy range. And believe it or not, our digestive systems are also affected by the heat. Warm temperatures make our digestion slower, and sweating from the heat takes away some of our much-needed hydration that our bodies need to digest our food. Eating heart-healthy, easy-to-digest fresh foods are the key to supporting our bodies during the hotter summer months. Now, some summer produce that meets those criteria are things like watermelon apricots or apricots, peaches, cucumber, tomatoes, corn, and fresh herbs. So in the fall, after the extreme heat of the summer, autumn is the time to start getting rid of excess heat in the body. And funny enough, prepare the body to start warming itself up internally when the cold weather sets in. Cold wind and dry air wreaks havoc on both our lungs and our large intestine since the large intestine's primary job is to absorb all of the leftover water and nutrients from our food and then turn whatever's left into waste. And lack of moisture in the body in harsh weather does not help that job of digestion. Digestion. (laughs) 
slowing down with the season and eating more slow cooked, warming and moisture rich meals are a great way to support our bodies during those fall months. So these types of foods are things like sweet potato, onions, cabbage, garlic, leeks, plums, apples, pumpkin, and all the winter squash. So in the winter, have you ever noticed, this is going to sound so weird, but stick with me. Have you ever noticed that you pee more when the weather is cold? (laughs) Because I do. And here's why. Cold weather actually causes your body to filter more blood than normal since blood is rushing to your vital organs at a higher frequency. This means that you will have to pee more often. Did you know that your kidneys and your bladder are closely linked to your immune system as well? The kidneys play a vital role in our overall immune balance by filtering our blood and ridding the body of extra water and waste. This makes winter the perfect time to support those unsung heroes since cold and flu season rages in the winter. Focus on warming and healing meals with plenty of liquid. In the winter, we need to eat more cauliflower, onions, garlic, cranberries, grains, beans, dark leafy greens, and not to mention we need to increase our vitamin C intake to build up our immune system for flu season with tons of citrus. Sidebar, did anyone else notice how much water our body is just constantly like building up and then getting rid of, building up and then getting rid of? It's wild. The body is just so brilliant. So these are just some examples of how food really can be medicine. And to clarify, I am a supporter of many Western medicine items and techniques. I think that we have made medical advancement for a reason and things like penicillin, aspirin, antihistamines, all extremely valuable and important. So I am not going to get all like woo woo on you over here. But I do also love certain parts of Eastern techniques like traditional Chinese medicine that can help you fix problems from the root rather than treat symptoms. And oftentimes you can be fixing problems before they even become one. Balance in all things. Am I right? So let's move on to mood foods. Over the years, research has proven that several foods and micronutrients contain properties that create calmer and therefore happier brains. So mood foods are all about what's in the food and how your body absorbs it regardless of when it's at its nutritional peak. So some of these properties are omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin D, L-tryptophan, theobromine, and probiotics. That's literally just the tip of the iceberg. It's just the ones I'm going to cover in this episode because otherwise we would be here for a while. So it's important to note that there are foods for a good mood. And then there are foods that can cause a negative mood, and the amounts of each are dependent on our individual bodies and how they respond to the various ingredients. So first, let's talk about omega-3 fatty acids. According to Healthline.com, omega-3 fatty acids are a group of essential fats that you must obtain through your diet because your body can't produce them on its own. So fatty fish like salmon and albacore tuna are rich in two types of omega-3s. One that is, oh my goodness, docosahexaenoic acid, DHA for short, and eicosapentaenoic acid, EPA. DHAs and EPAs, we've all heard that. We don't hear the long version very much. So those are linked to lower levels of depression, actually. 
Omega-3s contribute to the fluidity of your brain's cell membrane, and they appear to play key roles in brain development and cell signaling. Now, while research is mixed, one review of clinical trials showed that in some studies, consuming omega-3s in the form of fish oil lowered depression scores. Now, there's no standard dose, but most experts agree that most adults should get at least 250 to 500 milligrams of combined EPA and DHA per day. So given that a three and a half ounce, 100 gram, if you're not using ounces, serving of salmon provides about almost 2,300 milligrams of EPA and DHA. Eating these types of fish a few times a week is a great way to get those fats into your diet. And according to Psychology Today, omega-3 fatty acids have been used as a treatment for mental health disorders, and they work for lifting depressive mood. Other studies have found that these nutrients are important for brain development and regulating stress responses, aggression, and depression in people who have mood disorders. So to summarize, fatty fish like salmon are rich in omega-3 fatty acids, which may lower your risk of depression, and it wouldn't hurt to eat some type of fatty or cold water fish a couple times a week. So next is vitamin D. Vitamin D deficiency and (laughs) insufficiency, goodness gracious, has been linked to seasonal affective disorder, or SAD for short. It's usually linked to little or no sun exposure in the wintertime. Vitamin D has been known to increase the amount of serotonin in the brain, and serotonin is the happy chemical in our brains that we all know and love. So back to psychology today. A review of the literature on the relationship between vitamin D and mood conducted by Murphy and Wagner showed that vitamin D levels were related to a relationship with premenstrual symptom syndrome or PMS, seasonal affective disorder, any non-specified mood disorder, and major depressive disorder. So although this research is relatively new, The trend seems to be that taking vitamin D or adding more of it into your diet can't hurt you. It can only help. So why not make sure that we're getting everything that we need? Foods rich in vitamin D that you can intentionally add into your diet are obviously dairy milk and dairy milk products, but also soy milk, eggs, mushrooms, oranges, salmon, raw oysters if you can get quality ones near you, spinach, and bananas, to name a few. So next we have L-tryptophan. L-tryptophan is an essential amino acid that helps the body make proteins and certain brain signaling chemicals. Your body changes L-tryptophan into a brain chemical called serotonin. Serotonin helps control your mood, obviously, and it also helps you sleep. And we all know that lack of sleep can really cause a spiral of stress, anxiety, and depression. So some studies have shown that L-tryptophan is an effective antidepressant in mild to moderate depression. And further, in healthy people prone to irritability, it increases agreeableness, decreases quarrelsomeness, and improves mood. So some foods that contain L-tryptophan include cheese, turkey and chicken, egg whites, canned tuna, milk, sunflower seeds, and other nuts, oats, whole wheat bread, chocolate, apples, and bananas. 
So let's move on to theobromine. Theobromine is a molecule made by plants. It naturally lowers blood pressure, and this in turn decreases the risk of cardiovascular or heart disease. There's also some evidence that theobromine may reduce quote-unquote bad cholesterol and improve quote good cholesterol. And additionally, the substance may improve blood flow throughout the body, further supporting the heart. Now, the heart and the mind are intimately connected. Negative states of mind, including depression, anxiety, loneliness, anger, and chronic stress, may increase the risk for heart disease over time or worsen heart issues that already exist. So supporting your heart can be a great place to start when it comes to improving your mood. Theobromine is most famous for being one of the many compounds naturally found in chocolate, but it's also in tea among other plant products. Now, before you add Reese's Cups and Twix to your shopping list, it's important to note that the type of chocolate is a factor because dark chocolate has higher amounts of theobromine compared to milk chocolate. Cocoa-based products like chocolate pudding, ice cream, cake, hot chocolate, those all contain traces of theobromine, but of course, the more natural and the higher percentage of cocoa, the better. And many teas contain the molecule as well. The main ones with the highest percentage being black tea and matcha. So how about probiotics? Maybe you've heard that phrase before, healthy gut, healthy mind. So the food fermentation process allows live bacteria to thrive in foods that are then able to convert sugars into alcohol and acids. During this process, probiotics are created. These live microorganisms support the growth of healthy bacteria in your gut, and they may increase serotonin levels. It's important to note, though, that not all fermented foods are significant sources of probiotics, such as in the case of beer, some breads, and wine, due to the cooking and the filtering process that goes into those. Bummer. I know. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter that affects many facets of human behavior, such as mood, stress response, appetite, and sexual drive. (laughs) That was so creepy. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Up to 90% of your body's serotonin is actually produced by your gut microbiome, or the collection of the healthy bacteria in your gut. In addition, the gut microbiome plays a role in brain health. Research shows a connection between healthy gut bacteria and lower rates of depression. Since up to 90% of your body's serotonin is produced in your gut, a healthy gut may correspond to a good mood. Like the brain, your gut is full of nerves called the enteric nervous system, or ENS, also referred to as the second brain. The enteric nervous system has the same type of neurons and neurotransmitters that are found in your central nervous system, which links emotional and cognitive centers of the brain with peripheral intestinal functions. So fermented foods full of probiotics are things like kimchi, yogurt, kefir, kombucha, and sauerkraut, which are all rich in probiotics that support gut health. So what did we learn here? (laughs) Well, to summarize mood foods, well, not a foolproof way to improve our mental health and certainly not a substitute for mental health treatment are a great way to support our moods and lift our spirits during these colder, shorter, darker months. 
And also, our bodies are so divinely and intentionally designed. Everything is linked. And often when you treat one portion of the body, you can feel the benefits in other parts of it. So between the foods available each season and all of the year-round mood foods, supporting your mental health through your stomach is something that you're probably already doing to an extent without even realizing it. And we may also be doing more harm than good when we indulge in items that contain mood-sucking properties like processed and refined sugars, caffeine, empty calories, and trans fats. They can all give that quick boost of energy and then sharply drop off and cause a major crash. And that is the last thing we need if we're trying to improve our overall feelings of positivity and joy. So can eating our feelings cure seasonal depression? Well, yes and no. (laughs) Studies have shown that various foods have been known to increase serotonin levels in the brain, which does create feelings of happiness and peace. And eating foods that improve our gut health, our heart health, and our brain health will in turn improve your mental health and boost your mood. Eating foods that are readily available during each season will provide you with the nutrients you need to support various parts of the body that are working overtime in the climate that you're in and give you more energy to enjoy that season and all that it has to offer. My favorite natural way to boost your mood and improve overall mental health is to get outside. Fill your lungs with fresh air, move your body outdoors, and soak up some sunshine. But that can be pretty few and far between in the winter, so being intentional with the foods that you add into your diet can be a great substitute on those gray days, as well as a great addition to a nice sunny day. Well, that is it for me. If you enjoyed my little rant geeking out about how we can use food to improve our mental health and feel more joy, Be sure to share this episode to your Instagram story with your favorite takeaway and tag me in it so that I can geek out with you a little bit more. I would also love it if you shared this episode with a friend who would find it fascinating and don't forget to leave me a review so that more people like you can find the show and tune in. It takes less than five minutes and it really, really does help. Until next time, enjoy this season and all the eats it has to offer. We made it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Eat Your Seasons podcast. I am so thrilled and honored that you spent your precious time with me, and I can't wait to serve you more and more each week. Is this show speaking your language? Be sure to leave a review so more moms like you can find me and tune in every single week. If you'd like even more meal inspiration and seasonal living goodies, be sure to find me on Instagram at Ashton Cope, where I share it all. For all the freebies and referral codes from today's sponsors, you can head on over to ashtoncoatblog.com slash podcast. I will see you there.